Welcome to Bloody Good Horror. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another exciting episode of Bloody Good Horror. My name's Eric, and I'll be your host for this evening, where we will be reviewing Candisha. This is a, uh, Google tells me this is a this is classified as a Moroccan horror film, although it is set in France. So we're gonna decode some of that coming up here. But first, joining me from Manhattan, New York City back where he belongs and it feels so right please welcome john schnars to the show eric i'm pretty sure google's just they're just wrong it's just I don't, it's not miraculous. you're also <laughs> assuming that i spent like a lot of time on google you you, you, go, you did more than one google search you're assuming i like clicked on a link or like yeah let's not i would never assume something like that good I'm john read the wikipedia for this so <laughs> it is one of the shortest wikipedia pages you would be shockingly short next up um, on the show from richmond virginia please welcome caitlin hello next up from indianapolis it's mr casey back from the dead Hello. <laughs> and last up tonight, from the, um, I'm told, balmy climbs of the Pacific Northwest joining us tonight. That's right. A true West Coaster on BGH. Please welcome from the Zombie Girls, Ariel to the show. Hi. Welcome back, Ariel. Thank you. You get all the like high class good movies for the show so far. And and uh, Rachel's gotten all the trash, but <laughs> wait, what was the other one? This is this is all Ariel was on Candyman. Candyman. Oh, oh, yeah, okay. yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, and Rachel got Malignant and Saw. <laughs> I, I don't, yeah. Whether to be fair, though, class. I am. I have sent them emails and said, "Hey, y'all, which one of you would like to join us this week?" So I, I take no credit for this. <laughs> I specifically designed that system in a passing the buck type of manner. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, no, it's been great. I've been around the block a few times, John. I know what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> all right, let's get into it here. Let's take a quick break and talk about Candy Shaw. This is it, Jennifer. Your big break in TV. From the front time. I'll tell you what's ready for primetime, John. Mm. That sexy hair you got going over there. Uh, (laughs) Let me ask you a question. Now that you're back in the Big Apple, do any of your fancy city friends, like what's their reaction been? Are they like, oh shit, look at this guy? Because you don't really use social media, so. I have like agents handing me their card on the street, you know? It's like, (laughs) are you looking for commercial work? Like what, you know? It's uh, it's pretty good, Eric. I will fight any one of them. Oh yeah, <laughs> well, you know. I mean, come on. I can take a take a photo shoot or two. It's not gonna. Pull I mean, me away. listen. Don't worry. I'm the kind of person that when I when I see like a new person growing a beard or something, I want nothing more. I don't care how it looks. I don't care who they. I just want to see them ride it out because I I like appreciate commitment. You know, 
So like watching you having ridden this so far has been insp- truly inspiring. I just want you to know that. <laughs> We're coming up. It's, I think we just hit two years or it's about to be two years. Since your last haircut? Yeah. Damn, bro. Not even those, mm-hmm. not even those ends from those ends up. Wow. Yeah. Well, it Why looks, bother? it looks magnificent. Why bother when it's, when it's working? Aaron? <laughs> yeah, it really is. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, thank you. No, look, I, I I don't know where this is going at this point. <laughs> this is all making me very uncomfortable. I don't either. And, it started uh, with the the talent agents, and now we're back to discomforts. Yeah. Well, <laughs> lucky for you, I was try- I was where it's going is making you uncomfortable, so that means I succeeded. Uh, John Schnars, please bring us mm-hmm. the word of the day. John, what is the word of the day, and why is it lustrous? Hmm. Mm. That would probably not have been a fit for this film. Um, the actual word of the day is sorcerer. Sorcerer. Nice. S-O-R-C-E-R-E-R. Very simple here. A person who claims or is believed to have magic powers. A wizard. <laughs> it's unclear if a sorcerer has to be a man. I actually don't think it does. There is so. Well, there is uh, sorceress. Well, there, true. There's a f- feminine version, but it comes to us from the Latin. It says "sors," S-O-R-S, uh, or "sort," which, again, here I don't. Under, I'm not 100 percent sure I'm reading this correctly. It just says "lot," L-O-T. That's like the definition for the Latin. Um, but it then passes through the Old French, and this is what's important for purposes of this film. Old French. Sor- sorcier, sorcier, S-O-R-C-I-E-R. And when you search that. It actually, the, the definition you get is witch. So, mm. I don't know, maybe in the French it was like a little more sort of like gender neutral. Although I think, what, like to your point, when we say sorcerer, we mean man. Um, there's a gentleman in this film uh, who is credited in, in the, the film credits as sorcier. sorcier. Um, he is a disgraced imam. Um, and, and in sort of, as we'll talk about, I think in sort of like Western or or um, certainly American films, uh, we would call that person an exorcist. But here he's a sorcerer. Muslim oh, no, exorcist. That, that was, was, a, an, was an interesting Muslim exorcist was a, a really new, good was a new one for me, yeah. John. Um, thank you for that. Schnars, why don't you tell us a little bit about Candisha? <laughs> well, um, I will tell you a little bit about it. Um, Candisha currently streaming on Shutter. I don't. It also looks like it might be streaming on Prime, so it's not like a Shutter original, I don't think. Um, but that's where we found it. It actually on on IMDb it does say Shutter original, but I it looked like it was streaming on Prime. In any event, I think the thing that drew us to this, if I had to pick one thing, I would say it was the directors, uh, Alexandre. Bustillo, Bustillo, I don't know, it's it's French, and Julian Maori, Maori. Um, these are the folks who directed Inside, um, which was sort of their their sort of, you know that was what put them on the map. They've done a bunch of other stuff. We we're talking about it a little bit pre-show. Um, there's a couple other French films which I was not familiar with. They did uh, a segment in ABCs of Death Two, and then in 2017 they did Leatherface, which is like. Texas Chainsaw Massacre 14. I don't know. You you all maybe have a better read on that. But um, so, yeah, I mean, 
I was excited because of the directors. Uh, we can get into it. The, the background here is it is set in France. I don't know if it's set in Paris, but it's set in France. It's set in like urban France. There's three friends. You have a black friend. You have an Arab friend who's from Morocco, hence the Moroccan, uh, uh, you know, call out you, you had earlier. And then the sort of like white friend. Um, uh, and they're very into spray painting, uh, graffiti. They are graffiti artists. Um, and when they're working in this condemned building, they find they're like pulling away something and they find the word Candisha and the Moroccan friend sort of explains to the other two that Candisha is like, uh, I mean, it's effectively like the, the candy man of Morocco, I guess. Um, the, yeah, yes, exactly. She, she's, I'm, you know, I was going to say urban legend. It's not really an urban legend. She's just like a myth. Um, and the idea is like you summon Candisha. She is a female demon and she, um, it dates back to the colonial times, um, which, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on in this movie around, so the racial politics, race relations of sort of the, the younger generation in France. We can talk, we'll talk more about like, you know, where this movie is set and, and sort of how they paint that scene. Um, but she, so when you summon Candisha, she, she, you know, she, she arrives and, uh, and then the murdering starts. Um, and there's like some rules that are explained as the film goes on, but basically the setup is that, um, the white friend here, uh, she was dating, I think it's actually another, if not Moroccan, like another Arab kind of friend in their group. Um, and she, uh, so she, uh, is like walking home by herself he's like drunk and sort of, I mean, he attacks her. He basically tries to sexually assault her. I mean, he physically he, he assaults does, her and yeah. then tries to sexually assault her. She escapes and then sort of in a rage summons Candisha who then immediately murders him. And then like other people start to die. And that sort of kicks off the rest of the film. It's borderline like slasherish in at times. Um, but mm -hmm. yeah, a lot of killing. Love it. I tried to interrupt you, but I had my mic muted so I could cough. So oh, you're welcome. Thank God. Uh, Caitlin. Saved by the mic. <laughs> Caitlin, what do you think? So I, I like Candisha. Um, I first heard about this from our friends that attended the Chattanooga Film Fest. Uh, I, I actually attended. I didn't catch this one during. Um, but Joe Ferry, our buddy and the guy I do films at first sight with, and then Jody and Lara had all watched it during uh, the Chattanooga Film Fest. And everyone was like, you got to watch it. This is like right up your alley. And when it came to Shudder, I watched it and they were right. It's very much up my alley. Um, I know that we're not getting anything like wildly new here it's it's a demon invocation gone wrong it reminds me of pie Wacket. i was talking to chase about that before the show just like the you know you invoke this this demon to do whatever bidding and it does what you had set out for it to do but then it goes a little too far um so it's not totally new but i did really like it and I think the gore was really good. We get a lot of kills. I think, Shars, that might be where the slasher feel comes in. Um, the gore is really good. I like the design of the demon. She gets, she's like half goat, half lady. And she gets 
larger and goatier and like grosser as she kills <laughs> and gets stronger. He's my I love that song by Goatier. He's so good. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I liked it. It it works for me. Um, we can talk about sort of the mechanics of invoking and like how the revocation didn't go well. Um, one thing that I brought up over email and was kind of joking about, but I'm glad that Ariel uh, helped validate it for me. But it's sort of like the the white girl is the one that invokes a Moroccan demon. And yeah. it's like, it's not your culture, babe. Like, it's kind of like a lesson in demonic cultural appropriation. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I like this one. It was, it was cool. Oh, and I love the designs. I think I mentioned that, like the, I love the set designs. I love the apartment that the brother and sister live in. And they have that old like 70s style couch that probably mm-hmm. smells like years of people and cigarettes, but it looks really comfortable. You love I'm that. Like, I love it. Storms. Get me I some do. smelly couch. <laughs> I love it too. I know what it smells like. So. Uh, um, I thought it was a cool movie. I really did like it. Casey. Yes, I enjoyed this movie quite a bit. I've been wanting to watch it since it came out, but I was scared of the subtitles, I'll be honest. Um, but so it was nice to get in there and uh, watch it here for the show. I ended up liking it a lot. I think there it definitely has a lot of holes. I think it has some holes and it makes some jumps in logic as it's going through the movie, kind of in the sake of for editing and stuff. But it, for me, I was kind of wrapped up in the in the cultural backdrop and Candisha, the monster design and stuff like that. There was some good kills going on here, which is fun. It's kind of a slow burn to get going. It's just an interesting flick. I was kind of pretty happy I watched it by the end of it. Ariel. Yeah, I mean, I think I feel largely the same way. I enjoyed it a lot more than I expected to. When it first started out, I was like, oh, is this going to be one of those movies where it's just about sort of too cool for school kids? You know, is that going to be annoying? But I thought that the friendship between the three main young women felt really real and genuine. I mean, I don't know that we get to know them all that well. There isn't a ton of characterization, but they did feel like a real friend group. And I appreciated that. And then... Like you guys were saying, I thought it was really interesting that even though they didn't tread a lot of new ground, we got to see this folk legend kind of Bloody Mary style thing from a different cultural perspective. And it made me think about things a little bit more um, because of that. And then the creature design is just awesome. (laughs) I didn't sort of expect the way in which it changed and evolved throughout the course of the film to be I didn't expect it to get as grotesque, I guess, as it did towards the end. And the gore was way bloodier, way more bloody, way more compound fractures than I expected from a sort of demon-y movie. Stomp, so I ended stomping, up liking it, yeah. The stomping was something? Yeah, sure yeah. was. <laughs> uh, that's your kink. I mean, she is hot, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is some people's thing. Goat feet stomping. Getting stomped on, yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, John. That's true, that's a pretty specific Schnorris, have you been on the internet? There's a subreddit for uh, it, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I Rule 32. I try to keep to like the vanilla sites somewhere. <laughs> well, you know? <laughs> you're missing out. John, what did you think of Candisha? <sighs> I um I agree that the like it was so I like I thought the the Frenchness of it was like the most interesting part. Like this is yeah. it's I, I don't know, like there's a part of like anytime we watch a foreign film where I'm like 
no, this is different. <laughs> you know, <I> mean, it's <laughs> like they're not speaking English, so there, there's that. Um, it's, um, but once you get so like there, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of things for Americans to appreciate or potentially learn around just like the culture of modern France, and you know, or like I, I take it at face value. I mean, like I like read the news, I like somewhat know what's going on in France, but like you don't like, this is like a window. It feels like a window into like the lives of like lower class or like, you know, lower to middle class French teens. Um, they were cool, Ariel. I thought they were very cool. I was like, <laughs> I would hang out with these people. Um, but, uh, I don't know. Like, I think ultimately like, <laughs> I guess I want to be like very blunt. It doesn't feel that well made to me. That was like what I struggled with a lot. It's funny, and we talked a little bit about it over email. There's this establishing shot that is like the very opening of the film where I was like getting super hyped. I was like, oh, look at this. Like, I, this is going to be one of my favorite movies. Like, it is just long, slow sort of zoom. I mean, it was like drone, whatever they were doing, but over, you know, urban landscape. And like, they, they were just kind of setting a specific scene. Um, and then it goes into this like slice of life in a cafe. But when it gets into the plot and just like things happening, some of the acting, the way the dialogue is, you know, shot, um, it, I like part of it just, it just like, doesn't, it doesn't, it feels cheap. <laughs> it's like a lot of it, um, when the horror elements and like when it does get kind of like murdery and, and gory, I, I like, there's some interesting stuff that goes on. I also liked that, I, well, I'll say I liked that you're getting this is like a Muslim demon. There was also a part of me. I was like, I don't know. This is just like the Muslim demon movie. Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> like which is different. And it and like they don't they're not faking it. Like, I do think I, I don't know if this is like a real legend or not, but like they it is. Yeah. Is OK? I mean, that's so I feel better. And it's like, it's like, <laughs> real, like they, that would be that would be a little I'd be a little nervous. Um <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, I don't know. Like there's parts of it that worked really well. There's part, like a lot of it though. I just felt was a little kind of hacky. Um, so yeah, I don't know. That's kind of where I land. I don't know. I'll try to, I'll try to be upbeat on. I think, uh, it's not just because of your hair. I want everybody to know that, but I think I'm in your camp tonight, John. (laughs) Um, Yeah. yeah, I as a horror film, I find most of this to be pretty lacking for me. Um, what I I do, I was pretty fascinated by like the cultural part of it. Um, in particular, like even though there is a lot of it, like these conversations with the teens in the beginning, you can tell that they really set out to be like. You can tell they really set out to kind of paint what this world looks like for these kids, like this sort of very uniquely diverse place they live in. There's also a lot of, um, it's not just about like the racial diversity. There's nods to, um, like the socioeconomic differences. I think that some of the best settings like Caitlin, you're talking about are the way they really, um, they really establish this place that they live and sort of their place in it. And there's talk about their one friend, like their, her parents were able to buy a house and that kind of makes her, sort of separate from the other kids now. And there's like some web service paid to that. Um, now it's a movie as far as like the accuracy of the dialogue, like 
That would be silly. It would be like watching an American movie and being like, this is exactly how kids talk. For starters, I don't have any idea how kids talk, let alone how kids in um, <laughs> France talk. But like as, a, as an interpretation of that, I found it pretty interesting. Side note, um, the way that they talk about each other's like race in this movie is wild as an American. Yeah. Like you're watching it and you're like, whoa, holy shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, there's yeah, stuff. There some of that dialogue that made me deeply Oof. uncomfortable. I sort of understand what they're trying to do where these kids are sort of pushing boundaries of what's appropriate and teasing each other in these ways. But when they started making jokes about black people all having AIDS and yeah, that, was that joke one. about summoning Conchita to clean for you. I was like, Ooh, <laughs> I don't know about that. And again, that's the kind of stuff that like, it's impossible to accurately filter any of that through like a cultural oh, lens. Yeah. Cause like, who knows? But it's, it is like, a, like I said, a kind of fascinating look at that stuff. And it is pretty interesting to take what honestly is like a fairly standard kind of demon possession thing. And then filter that through a lens of like the Muslim religion. And you've like, you have this, um, this sorcerer guy that they go to. I, I enjoyed those characters and the way that that kind of brings a different kind of, um, like overlay to everything. But if I'm really just stepping back and looking at this, I feel like if this was an American equivalent of this movie, I would just be like, oh my God. And I didn't know some of the inside people. I found that out today. And then I was like way more let down by this movie. Uh, I don't really know what they've been up to. Have I seen anything they've done since Inside, John? Not unless you've seen Leatherface. I, uh, no, I haven't. Know. Well, did we do that on the show? Like, I don't remember. I don't I don't think so. Was this I don't remember recently? It. It was 2017. I don't know. Do you consider that recent? We uh, did a we did a Texas Chainsaw thing in the theaters. It was like a pretty cheap one, but I don't know. Well, think, we did Texas Chainsaw 3D. And maybe I that was. think we did one other one. I, I, anyway. I've seen a bunch of them, but yeah. I mean, who knows? Inside was a long, long time ago, and that's a movie that yeah. definitely has a, just on the premise alone, is like worth watching because it's insane. But, that was um, the very first time I made Eric uncomfortable in person. That's true. <laughs> that's true. But that was when I learned that Casey laughs when he's uncomfortable. I think. So <laughs> um, anyway, I yeah, it was kind of a letdown for me. I wasn't that crazy about it. I'm a schnars though. Some of the best establishing shots I've ever seen, and it's partially because of how beautiful this kind of like urban landscape is. Um, like that opening one is really cool just that real slow because you start off you don't you start off so wide that it's just like a panorama of the city and then by the time it cuts you're like right up on these apartments and so you really kind of get this slow feeling of like it's like okay here's exactly where we're going um, i don't 100 percent understand what they were trying to do with those shots or really just any look, of those like look, kind of urban pretty. establishing shots because yeah. like the the environment like the the place they physically live it's important and like it somewhat becomes important because there's like this condemned building where they're doing the graffiti that like when i say it's important i mean like narratively like in the plot like you could have set this thing anywhere and it really wouldn't have been all that different i mean they would have had to like figure out some other <laughs> plot moments but i don't know like was I supposed to like take anything away from that? <laughs> like, I, I guess that it was Drones either are just cool. like showing that this is a low income area or that maybe this is subsidized housing and they're like not confined here, but like they're more or less like stuck here. And maybe that's sort of like, yeah. you know, it could be that like, I mean, to your point, maybe if this was an American film and it, you know, like that carries more weight 
for a French audience, if it's like recognizable as like, oh, that is such and such neighborhood and or like this type of house. I mean, you're right. Like maybe that is like the. I mean, if it's a project, I mean, that that's a, yeah. a key plot point for Candyman. I did. Yeah. One, yeah, yeah. You know, I yeah. did enjoy. Um, I liked how in Caitlin's words, she got goatier as the movie went on and taller. Like by the I didn't totally notice it at first. But then by the final scene, you're like, oh, this chick is like 10 feet tall. Like, this is <laughs> crazy. huge. But it's teed up. what they, I will say, like- it made me appreciate the way, though, that CGI is used to subtle effect to make even simple costumes scarier because it is not used here because in the beginning she's just a lady with like a veil yeah. on and it's like what well, i realize is that whole body veil in the beginning <laughs> no i understand I get, I get it with the girls no but like but she gets like sexier too as things go on no but know, what i'm sorry. saying is like they're small things like making her look more ghostly or ethereal or like give her eyes that are all black or like make you know what i mean like there are ways that modern, a lot of modern filmmakers would use CG just subtly to make her look more like specter-like. Whereas, like there is, there's nothing that makes her seem from another plane. She just is there. She's just a lady in the room, and you're like, she's a hey. goat. She's got goat she, legs. So they, I thought they the goat effects the, were like a little questionable. The goat legs. They yeah, tee up the yeah, like physical changes when they should. There's, I think it's. Is it the first time they meet the sorcerer imam person, and he like hands? There's like they're looking through the pictures. And in the pictures, it shows the sequence of like her, like there's one picture where she's like huge and she's like physically like holding someone in her fist. And at the time I was like, oh, that's, you know, oh, there's like, that's the myth. But then it was surprising that she, she like actually follows that progression. There's a kill. We can talk about the kills, but like where she's so big, she just rips a dude. I mean, that was, yeah, that was a great scene. I love that scene. And it's also emotionally impactful. I think they do a decent job of like, there are kills that that kill was emotionally impactful. The kill of the friend that gets tossed out the window, emotionally impactful. So it's yeah. like, you do care, you know? The, the the guy getting thrown out the window was legit shocking to me. Because to that point, there'd been some, like, stabbing. There'd been some, you know, it was, like, light violence. Well, let's say heavy violence, light gore. And then that, when he goes out the window, that's, like, a pretty gruesome dude hitting pavements. Yeah, that surprised me because his head just splits open <laughs> yeah, and you yeah. see all like, of it. I mean, <laughs> I liked how, I yeah, think that was a scene yeah. where like the streetlight kind of burst before as Shatters, like a little, yeah, yeah that was exactly. kind of cool. The, um, cause it's the a scene where I he's like, using silence, right? Cause you're like outside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just waiting well, for something he stabs to happen. Her, he, there's like a, he stabs her and, and you're, and I don't know, he like thinks that he's okay, but then it cuts to outside the thing that I was going to say I liked on the creature design is that um, she also looks different to everyone. So it's it's like her phys- her face, like you don't get that many close-ups of her face, but sometimes she looks, you know, like a like an attractive younger woman. Sometimes it's like she's like a corpse, you know, she's got the black eyes. Sometimes she doesn't. The veil is like translucent versus not. I mean, it's yeah. And well, it's sort of in the eyes of the beholder, I think. Although maybe she also just like physically changes as well. Well, there was some sort of like, is she a succubus where she is supposed to be very alluring sexually? And in some shots she is. She's got like a belly chain and like it's very stylized and like sexualized and in in, to a certain extent. And then like, is she a, a jinn, like a DG, D-J-I-N-N, yeah. a jinn, <clears throat> where she's like a, a demon gremlin person? <laughs> or is she just like, I'm... I like that she does evolve and that she looks different to people. And I, 
I like that she's like huge and gross at the end because like her skin has like sores or something on it and it just like it feels scary. Yeah. yeah. I like it. They did I mean, to go along with what you were saying earlier, Caitlin, with like with the characters and actually caring about some of these kills, they did a good job of giving all of those male characters at least a line or two to make us care for them. Like Boutine's dad was the one who got ripped in half and we saw him come home from work and they're talking about how he works all the time. And he stops and talks to him. Seems like a very pleasant man. And then when, so, and that's all it took by the time it comes around to that scene, you're like, Oh no. Yeah. Well, like you care about him. And I also, although we don't get a lot, like Ariel said, we don't get a lot of individual characterization of the girl's, just as people, we do get some good sort of friendship dynamics because when their loved ones die, like they are, you can tell they're frustrated with the girl that summoned Candisha. Like she goes to comfort one and they pull away, like, you know, cause they know that she did this. And yeah. I like those little moments. It does make it feel more real than just sort of a pact. We're like, we have to figure it out. Cause I would be pissed too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, of course. And it, it makes it more impactful for you as an audience and more shocking when they do kill people that are so close to your main characters. Oh, definitely. To, yeah. to me, those dynamics between the friends and, and even including the brothers, like, so you've got like the, the Moroccan brother, um, you've got the younger brother of the girl who summoned Candisha. Um, like those dynamics are also like, it, that's like, I don't know the, the best parts of the film. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. The acting was like good. I think it was, it, I couldn't. Who can Sometimes say John, you're, when you're reading subtitles, language. John, how am I supposed to know the acting? Yeah, are well, exactly. <laughs> but it, but it, it wasn't I'm doing like all I can off. just to keep up if I'm being real with you. Yeah. But um, no, but like the, I don't know. Again, the writing, how much of it's translating through like the dialogue. It felt natural. Like it did feel like those relationships yeah. were, there's a point during these like, uh, dialogue scenes in the beginning with the kids where they're talking so rapid fire. I can't keep up. And I'm just like, how much of this do I actually need to retain? Like, is this just, they're showing me how they bullshit. Is that what this is? <laughs> well, there's a like lot the, uh, of characters. I yes, did like the one is. kid though, uh, his English rendition of pet cemetery. Yeah, <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> that was fun. I like that, you know, he calls her out, like, oh, in, like, a mansplainy way, like, do you even listen to the Ramones? Because she has a Ramones shirt yeah. on. And then she's like, I'm never wearing this shirt again. <laughs> I do. She I mean, does wear it later she in the does. Mm-hmm. She does. And that's a cool, I mean, it's talk a, about that scene. Someone walks into a fire. Like, it's yeah. it's gruesome. I like I like that scene. It's in an empty pool or something. It's a cool shot. I like her Ramones shirt. Pretty cool. You know, when that guy got lit on fire, though, not a single person tried to put out that fire. They're all I just know. watching him. Nobody tries to put a jacket over like, him. Huh, <laughs> yeah. Weird. He also, like, exploded. They have, like, a bonfire going. I mean, look, if you fell into a bonfire, you would get burned. It would not be pleasant. What was that he, movie? That's like in Saw. It was like Saw. he was doused in gasoline and he fell yeah. into the bonfire. It's like in Saw when that lady's face was like hamburger and I think it was Chris Rock was trying to like put it back together or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that's I, your favorite scene of the year, I think, Eric. <laughs> Did anybody else expect the graffiti and the act of the graffiti and stuff and the tagging was going to play a bigger part into this. It seems like yeah. they were kind of setting it up to be more. And then it just kind of, they happened across the word Candisha on the wall at one point, And then they kind of took off from there. Well, they do paint the pentagram on the floor at the end. Like that's when they're like trying to defeat Candisha like that. Yeah. I, you're right. Like it doesn't actually matter. 
Yeah, but, it's like you were saying with the setting. It could have been anywhere. This could happen in any different place. That they could have been into anything else too. I think other than the graffiti and whatnot. It just seemed kind of like a, a set piece. It it was definitely it was like a thing they decided like these kids are going to be into graffiti and like cops super chill about it. Well, I was like, bro, in America, yeah. you're getting your ass beat for graffiti. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's like, well, she, hey, uh, go she, home. I was like, what? <laughs> there's also a little bit of uh, like this was something <laughs> again, like in the realm of like problems I had, like this was not a small one. But w- so in that sequence, she's like spray, you know, she's spray painting. And it's like it's like if I spray paint. Yeah, it's just <laughs> like, the letters. Here are some words I'm writing <laughs> on the wall. <laughs> then when they're like showing them doing their like artistic spray painting, it's legit like Insane. this gorgeous portrait yeah. of the Moroccan family's like parents who I guess have passed the away. Parents, yeah. yeah, and it's like it's like oh they're like professional like murals. <laughs> right, the talent level is <laughs> so like, high. Yeah, yeah, like, that's a really good what? point. She legit just writes letters in black spray paint in the first scene. <laughs> it's just like it says like look sideways or turn your head, idiot. It was, yeah, it was yeah. tilt your head, idiot. I think. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, the well, cop is just like, hey, knock it off, please. <laughs> knock it off, right? <laughs> well, speaking of uh, pentagram on the floor. I love the scene when they're in the imam's apartment and it's like, it's chaotic in there because there's so much stuff. And then like, they just like pull back a rug and there's a pentagram carved into the floor. That was if, like, I was like, yeah. that I want to be there. Like, <laughs> if you have a home where like you pull back your rug and there's like spooky shit carved into the floor. That's really cool. That's my scene. So oh, yeah. I like, I also agree. So I agree. Like this was that scene was where I kind of was like starting to roll my eyes because you really were checking the boxes on like demon possession. Like, all right, now we got to find the disgraced priest who like knows all the old ways. Now it's not a priest. He's a disgraced imam. <laughs> what I will say, A, I agree. This The, the apartment is very cool. Like that, just like the way they designed it. That actor legit could have been a disgraced imam that they found on the street. I know. <laughs> he looked crazy. I, like, <laughs> wherever they found him and whatever he was doing before, I was like, oh, this guy, very, At very one on point, point. After they started summoning Candisha, that scene, he was laughing loudly. Yeah. <laughs> well, he, I mean, that, that sequence was very bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> They're all like seeing different things and like, uh, yeah, yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't fare well either. Well, that's what's kind of cool. Like the stakes are pretty high because it's not just like he fails, he dies. Yeah. You know, like it's it's pretty significant. (laughs) Although it's not, it's like they only find that out after the fact. They're like, hey, where's he at? Oh yeah, that that thing we did before it killed him. He's dead. (laughs) (laughs) And then we also found out out of nowhere at the end of that scene. Oh, daddy. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. it's his son. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, there was some, yeah. And he was there at the end too. That guy, I like that he was like now one of the like ans- you know auxiliary crew. He's like part yeah. of the scene. <laughs> well, he, was the auxiliary clue, clue uh, auxiliary crew, or or was it? Oh shit! What are they going to do with this kid? <laughs> he was like the. I wasn't a hundred percent. He's like a rector, so he's basically like a church official who works at the mosque, but he's not an imam or like a right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. At least I think that's how it was described in the movie. It seemed like that. Because yeah. at one point he came, he brought them the note from the priest. Right? Yeah. The yeah. Answer. In terms of um, like shocking type stuff, I do like that we get 
some straight up menstrual blood on the wall. And I don't like that we have an animal sacrifice that yep. lingers kind of on the shot. That was that a little was bit a, much. That was a bummer. Yeah, I did not like the bunny yeah, it stays on that bunny for a while as it twitches. And I was like, cut, please yeah. get away from it now. <laughs> oh, it's it's the most animal killing we've seen in a movie. I mean, because in, in the U.S., like, oh, they just don't even show Dude, it. I forgot like, about yeah. the goddamn bunny. Are we sure they didn't kill a bunny in that scene? Like, <laughs> they, that was dude, that was so fake. It was like uh, a total puppet. It was like, to dude, t- double down know. on it, though. <laughs> then we get to the scene after the summoning and stuff, and they go to the I-mom, and the girl comes home and gets her brother to crawl in bed with her because she's freaked out. And her brother's like, have you seen my rabbit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the bunny thing was jacked up, dude. Yeah, yeah. So in the period, the like, I immediately thought of you, Caitlin. The second it happened, I was like, yeah, oh, that's, I think that's why like several people were like, "Oh, you should do this for plug in." Yeah. Like, it's on the list. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I actually told last night I texted Caitlin. I'm like, "Have you done this for plug in?" <laughs> <laughs> there well, is, yeah, there's like... like a tampon in the movie. So, are <laughs> <laughs> they? I don't know. if They show it, but it's you know. But like the when she originally summons Candisha, she uses the blood that's like from her assault. Like she's been knocked around and like is able to use that blood, which I assume was effective in summoning in some way. But then she tries to like revoke everything using this like passive menstrual blood. This is like way not what they were thinking, I'm sure. But I'm like I'm gonna shoehorn it in. So no, it makes you a lot total of passive blood. We <laughs> mentioned that in your emails. <laughs> she didn't even know it was passive. <laughs> you had mentioned the menstrual blood thing, and if it wasn't effective, it, going through the emails. So I was watching the second half of that movie. I'm like, are they going to tell me that her menstrual blood screwed that up? <laughs> I thought it was in there, and I'm like, oh. And <laughs> period. Every time. Yeah. I do think, Casey, you were right in the emails when you were saying that we didn't have like a clear connection between the story that the Moroccan friend told her about Candisha and how she works and how she actually summoned her. Like, how did she know to draw the pentagram and that that would work? Or was it just sort of a, a hail Mary kind of a guess that, you I know, think she, friend at one point mentioned having to draw the pentagram. She did. Oh, but, okay. They, but still, like, it, it was one of those things. Goosey. Yeah. It was a little like, it, it was, there was a little bit of an exposition dump when they find that first yeah. Candisha, but it's like, I don't know. You say, you say your name a couple times and you draw a pentagram and then there she is. So, yeah. It, but I mean, I suppose Candyman's not any more complicated than that. How you summon him yeah. or Bloody Mary. Right. It, it usually is a fairly simplistic thing. If but you like, make it hard, no one's going <laughs> to. <laughs> like a dog. That's, what, yeah. that's <laughs> what I didn't appreciate about it, though, is because they're in that room with all the tagging everywhere. And it looks yeah. like it's been going on for years. It's coming off in layers. And she happens to see the word Candisha, which if you didn't see the cover of this movie, not familiar with the mythology of it, you're kind of thinking, oh, it's just a word. I was expecting them to re- be like pull away and kind of something Candyman esque to find out that if they pull more layers away and it would add more, like there was a pentagram mm-hmm. or like a painting of Candisha that make them say, Oh, what's this? Cause why are they going to get that curious over one word to get the friend to tell the story about the myth, the myth, right? It all yeah. just kind of happened that one night because yeah. of, you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And she is like the avenging spirit. I mean, I, we haven't really touched on like, she's basically like a feminist avenging angel, sort of. I, like, Well, she's yeah. like, I mean, she's summoned in this instance to sort of like avenge, you know, the girl that was assaulted. But in, but what happens is she ends up killing, like, I think she has to kill a certain number of men, period. Six. 
yeah, six, six men. Three. And it's like, but, it, but it's just men. And it's kind of like, there, there's something there, I think, like trying to understand well, like rape culture and patriarchy, but it's not connecting in the movie and it's not connecting for me but in the way that I wished it would. The real story, like the the backstory, like the, I mean, and Ariel, maybe if, if you read about the actual myth, like you can fact check this a little, but like, <laughs> um, so. As an expert, Ariel. It, oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> it, but like in colonial Morocco or wherever the yeah, Candisha yeah. story is from, she um, she was like a courtesan or basically like a like like in like a like sex slave or something who like started just like murdering uh, the colonial people. Like basically, that's like my understanding of like it's it's actually not so different from Candyman, right? In that like like Candyman, I mean, there's like different racial politics and it's like the U S and yada, yada. But like she, she was in a colonial oppressed society and like forced into like whatever sexual slavery and then started killing people and then became this like avatar for women, you know, who wanted revenge. Yeah. I, I mean, that's a lot of what I read and it seems like it's a little bit different for different cultures who all sort of claim Candisha, but that's essentially it. Yeah. And they were, I think when I, one of the things I read was that in one version, she was a countess who tried to rebel against the Portuguese in Morocco and then was murdered. And then, yeah, like you said, yeah, used yeah, as that, a avatar. That sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> but, and I mean, I think that's an interesting part of this movie. It's not a myth or a folk tale that I was familiar with. So that does add a layer to it. But to your point, Caitlin, like you were saying earlier, and like we talked about over email, it does feel a little weird that the white, like the sort of one white character is the one that summons Candisha and sort of uses somebody else's culture for her own, you know, revenge against this guy who did her wrong. And the way it ends is what well, we were talking about Candyman. It's very much like Virginia Madsen's character. I mean, she has, wait, can we spoil the end yet? <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, please. Okay. By all means. So she has to sacrifice herself in the same way that Virginia Madsen's character sacrifices herself in Candyman. I mean, it's sort of the same thing. And maybe you could call that um, like a cautionary tale about cultural appropriation. I don't know that the very end, though, really makes that point clear. I think it muddies the waters a lot because in the very end, we have the brother call on Candisha because he misses his sister because she had to sacrifice herself and is now dead. And the Candisha that we see is her, is Amelie, or I think that was her yeah. name. They did, they did they tell, that. that was like teed up. Like they, they say that she, when she sacrifices herself, she will be incarnated. Although right. She's not, she's not incarnated. Like she's not, Incarnate. She's fucking a <laughs> demon. But like yeah, no, she replaces Candy, you know. So Yeah, I get that it's part of the movie and that it, it's not it doesn't come out of left field. I just yeah. think that for that cautionary tale right. perspective, yeah, it yeah. doesn't yeah. really work anymore because then the exactly. white woman takes over the you know the era of colonizes Moroccan. the the demon yes, world. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. That's yeah. yes. I didn't love seeing her in the veil. I was like, oh, okay. Um <laughs> but I also like, yeah, I the end is the end is set up like a lot of like a lot of horror movies are where it's like and then it cuts you know yeah, like the brother wants to see her face and then it's like oh here we go again it's, right. it was the eye that i mean i get why they went there and again it, 
as you said, it was sort of set up at least in the mechanics of the film, but I, it just felt, I was rolling my eyes at that point for sure. There's, I don't know, like the, the one difference between this and like, I mean, it's actually not a difference. Like it's similar to Candyman. Like Candyman's about like the legacy of, of slavery and like our like failure to, you know, face what, you know, the, the history in France, like there is like, it's not even history. It's like, they're living with this battle of like the state yeah. trying to like repress Muslim culture and like, right, and so hijabs. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. like, it's like very front of mind. For, I, so I do wonder how this plays to like a French audience and like mm-hmm. it. Maybe this is like more transgressive to them. Like maybe it's, I don't know. Maybe it's like the statement is received. Like that's a part where I'm just like it, that. I just can't even like. There's way too many like things going on. I don't know. I'm not that up on what's going on over there to like be able to like say how this would be received. But that, I don't like. I think that's at least like worth yeah. considering. I guess. But like in this. That second inning that we're talking about, it definitely was cheesy and it felt kind of tacked on too. I would agree. Yeah. I did like how they handled the first inning though when we see the end of Candisha as we know her and what happens and rolls down there with after because there's that whole sequence of Candisha being in the little brother's face and like stroke his face with their nails and you know it's coming. And I mean, at this point, they don't really hide the fact of where this movie's going. You know it's going to happen. But the way they handled it because you get kind of, I got caught up in the drama of it. And watching her, you know, threaten this kid, and then when she all of a sudden disappears, and it kind of sinks in in the background, like, oh, I know what that means. Mm-hmm. I thought they handled that well. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Love it. I ran out of things to say, but that was very uh, astute <laughs> from all of you. At one point, Eric took off his glasses and was like rubbing his eyes, <laughs> I and I was like, he's, he's, oh, no. he's, good. <laughs> he's listening. I could tell you. No, listening. I knew he was. Yeah, I was just like, oh, um, I, I know. <laughs> Would you recommend this movie, John? No. Ariel? I think I probably would. I don't think it's the most fantastic movie out there. I think there are a lot of movies that have done a similar thing better, but I think there's enough good gore and an interesting cultural idea here to be worth watching. Caitlin? Yes, I would. Casey? Yeah, I'm with Ariel. I would watch it and recommend it. I'm going to say no. <laughs> Simple, I like it. it. Arms crossed for those of you that are not watching. <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break and do some fan mail. It began in the outer reaches of the universe. They're coming! An alien war that spread throughout the galaxies. Now, the final battle has landed in the brown backyard. Critters, check them out at a theater before they check you out at home. Critters, rated PG-13. Critters opening soon at a theater near you. Greetings from Tromaville. This is Lloyd Kaufman, president of Troma Entertainment and creator of the Toxic Avenger. The Troma team likes to kick back and listen to bloody good horror because bloody good horror is the best television there is. Send feedback to info at bloodygoodhorror.com or on Twitter using hashtag AskPGH. 
join Patreon to get back episodes and much more. Patreon.com slash bloody good horror. And we're back. Info at bloodygoodhorror.com is the email for that, John. We sent out an official save the date this week to patrons for the Patreon uh, Bloody Good Horror Halloween Zoom Tacular. Uh, I think I Name called it. Name under consideration. I think I called it Chapter <laughs> 2. Um, we did this last year in the pandemic. We're going to do it again. This is going to be a costume all by Zoom party time. Uh, costume contest, trivia, getting to meet your fellow patrons, hang out with the crew, um, and we're going to do prizes. So there's going to be a prize for trivia, a prize for the contest, and I think we're going to do some door prizes. So that's uh, pretty cool. And that's going to be Saturday, October 23rd, which is the Saturday before Halloween weekend. 9 p.m. Eastern time starts. Come and hang out. And uh, all you have to do to join is be a patron at any level. So check out patreon.com slash bloody good horror. Uh, and John, the week before that, October 16th, is the BGH 5K. This is a, an all-virtual event. You do it, you record your time, you submit it. We all get feelings about it, John. We do this communal thing together every year. So I feel great about it. Are you ready? Already. Oh, yeah, man. How's your training going? Ran, ran nine miles this morning. Serious question, though. Wouldn't the hair slow you down? Uh, you put it up. <laughs> you bun it up. Okay. John, you That's ran it. nine miles this morning? <laughs> yeah. Kaylin looks well, disgusting. I'm, I'm, running, I'm training for a marathon, so it's, you know. Ooh. Yeah, you gotta, yeah. Kaylin. I mean, haven't you seen that? Uh, you've seen Forrest Gump, right? When he was running with his hair flowing in the breeze to running on empty. No, That's John every morning. I think at my, my biggest no. running phase, I don't think I ever cracked five. Because five miles was the point at which I got hungry, like actively, <laughs> like I need a, like I'm not keep con- going to continue to run. I need food right now. At the point that you need to bring like snackies with you to keep running, I feel like that's too much for me. <laughs> like, are you fueling on that run, John? Oh, yeah, yeah. You got to do that. At, what are your intervals for the fuel? I want to know more about this routine. Uh, so I use the goos and they tell you for every 45 minutes. Okay. So, so if you, if you got a three hour run, you got to, or a three, mi- a three hour run, you got to do three goos. Damn. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. And that is, it's like sugar, <laughs> but it's also sodium and electrolytes and crap. Uh, it's got a little caffeine in it too. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. Look I'm at you, making man. a great case for running. I got to say, <laughs> <laughs> I am happy for you though. Yeah. Thank you. You know, it's not for everyone. I don't, I didn't I say don't, it was. I don't know that I'm happy for him, but I'm, um randy long time long time writes in he says at what patreon level do we have to contribute to get eric to change his background from the overlook carpet um here you go buddy you lucked out halloween (laughs) kills behind me right now it's kind of it looks really cool ask and receive you know next up i did that just for randy next up caitlin from kissimmee uh, has anyone watched Pig with Nick Cage? It's mesmerizing. Thanks. That's from Caitlin. She's always, always. So I think I brought this up, and didn't we decide it's not a horror movie? I, I like. Yeah, I don't think. No, it it's not. Horror. I think she just wants to know if anybody's seen it, John. We're allowed no. to talk about non-horror movies. No, I think I, it's more of a drama. Yeah, it looked like a sad kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> sad movie. 
Anyone? Anyone? No, we've not seen it. I'd like to. There's your answer. Info at bloodygoodhorror.com. Twitter. Let's do Twitter. All righty. On Twitter, use the hashtag SBGH. Ask us questions because we are all knowledgeable, right? Uh, (laughs) First one comes from Alex Jones. If you could remake any horror movie with any cast you wanted, what and who would it be? And more importantly, why would it be the Toxic Avenger with Brock Lesnar? And the title would be the Broxic Avenger. <laughs> Dude, Brock Lesnar and Toxic Avenger is real good. Yeah, it's solid. That's pretty good. These are the type I need like like three days notice yeah. to start right. prepping yeah. my answer. <laughs> um, but yeah, I like that one. I I mean I probably I think I've seen Toxic Avenger. I don't know that I've seen the whole movie. Um, I'm, I'm certainly not clamoring for a remake though, unless it has Brock Lesnar in it, I guess. Well, there is a remake coming to that. No, I know. No, I know. Yeah. So, or more of a reboot. Yeah. Yeah. I get precious with the stuff. I can't think of a, like a new cast I would want. (laughs) Yeah. It's hard choice because, and half of, I watched a lot of, um, like the, Ken Marino cast uh, comedians and their shows and whatnot. So I'd be looking for something like Hell Baby or something and probably end up being disappointed. (laughs) Get down for that. All right. Next up from Elijah Woody Harrelson. How does the BGH crew and guests like their hot apple cider on a spooky fall day? Any additions or treats that pair well with it? I'm basic and will go for some spiced rum if it's party time. If not, if you're not into cider, any fall drinks you do like? No, uh, I can't remember if I brought it up, but I got my first four pack of pumpkin. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, it was like end of August. It was like so fucking. I early. saw this thing that I'm fascinated but, by, Bud Light. So Bud Light makes seltzer now, and they they released yeah, like yeah. a fall pack of like. Pumpkin spice Bud Light seltzer. I I kind of want to know. Ugh. Like what? Could I that did possibly see that. Like? There was there. It's like four different flavors. Isn't and like it? yeah, apple pie. Like, like three. Sure yeah, yeah. There's yeah. like cranberry in there. I, I like cider. I'm not a big um, drinker though, so I probably would keep it um, just plain. <laughs> um, maybe a cinnamon roll on the side. <laughs> one of my favorite things. This reminds me of one of my favorite things from Game of Thrones. The books is the repeated description of this specific. Uh, kind of like malt wine that everybody drinks in the Game of Thrones universe. Uh, yeah. I don't actually like malt wine, but I like the idea of it. Like it smells good. Yeah, I mean, good That's malt wine. Places. Like I, I don't like, pre- you know, I just don't like wine. Tend to know or like be able to make it, but like people who like know what they're doing, it's delicious. Yeah, I mean, I believe you. I'm not. It's like sangria. Like I don't make sangria, but like when someone serves me one. Yeah, I'm usually going to drink it. They, uh, I'm not big on hot apple cider. I don't, I don't like dislike it. But when I do, usually it's probably a little hot damn that makes it go. But I've, I've learned since last fall of the existence of bourbon cream in coffee. That's going to be my new fall drink. <laughs> that sounds good. I'm a child, it's... so I just drink a lot of hot cocoa. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there we go. Love it. Nothing wrong with that. No. All righty. Next up, we have longtime listener and longtime friend Skizbot. What are some horror sequels that you think are better than the original? I recently watched Ouija, Origin of Evil, and it blows its predecessor out of the water. 
Yeah, the Annabelle prequel is better than the original Annabelle, too. Yeah, the Annabelle creation. Yeah. 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 That's the one with the car accident, isn't it? It is, yeah. Oh. We also got a child, like, thrown over a banister and, like, her (laughs) bones crushed. It's pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, I tried to watch Annabelle Creation on a plane and just like could not. I I, oh, really? I don't know. I, maybe I fell asleep. I can't remember. But um, yeah, I don't know that I have like a great answer. Like the the ultimate is Alien and Aliens. I think you could get me on some days of the week, and I'd say Aliens is better than Alien. And then other days, I'd probably still go Alien. I feel that way about Terminator and the Terminator Two. Like sometimes I want one, and sometimes I want the other. I yeah. think I'm Terminator 2. I I have I a lot you. of nostalgia for that one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I even also, bounce back and forth like that with Halloween 1 and 2 sometimes oh, too. Yeah. Sometimes 2 just feels better. Mhm. I mean Nightmare right. on Elm Street kind of escalates cuz the first one like we established Freddy and then like from there on out like the uh, the sequels it's like he's here, he's ready to like joke around <laughs> and he's ready to go. Oh, and I that's the Freddy I wears. He's been yeah. he's been workshopping his material since Yeah, he's ready. <laughs> he's got a tight five minutes, he's yeah. not gonna waste it. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Speaking of uh Nightmare on Elm Street, just to throw out there, I've been watching Mad TV in the background while I draw at night before bed, and I happened across the Halloween one like two nights ago that was ahead Robert England as a special guest, along with KISS. Wow. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. TV episode. <laughs> yeah, it is. Alrighty. Next up, we have at Erie, Arizona. My parents told me I would turn into an Oompa Loompa if I ate too much Halloween candy. How did your parents <laughs> control your intake of Halloween candy? That's a good question. That is. I think that on Halloween night, we were probably like, we could go through, and then we were probably given a quota of like what we could eat that night. And then it had to be like, doled out or something i used to keep it in my bedroom and i wow. don't know why i didn't eat it all at once <laughs> yeah, i think we i that's think that's why you're the business manager i think ours even as a young lad you can ours was well, transferred I I just eat it until i got sick to my stomach and my parents were just like yeah hey, he's learning his lesson i guess yeah <laughs> i think that's how my parents were. i think ours I would be i don't put, remember them taking it away from me and i don't remember eating it all at one night so it's, maybe it's like they you know they're like well we're not gonna make a big deal about it he's not gonna get overexcited about it ours would be put into like gallon for freezer like freezer bags that probably just stayed in the counter probably in the yeah. kitchen yeah oh, that's interesting my parents were vegetarians when i was really little and Bummer they dude. didn't allow us to have sugar really oh my God. so then when halloween came around it was like a big deal and we were allowed to eat as much as we wanted well that's, for nice. that's that good. length of time <laughs> they, did, they, they weren't worried that was gonna like kill you <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> no sugar all year i except mean i'm sure we were not pleasant children to be around for that <laughs> <week or> whatever <laughs> Wow. They were vegetarians, it seems like. I mean, I don't know. I I assume we're of similar age. Like, that's a long time ago to be (laughs) vegetarians. So, yeah. That's cool. All right. Next up, we have at Big Textosier, another longtime friend of the show. This is a good question, too. What mask from Halloween 3 would you most want to be permanently stuck in? The witch, for sure. Yeah. Definitely the witch. I like the pumpkin. The pumpkin's pretty dope. Mm. They're all cool masks. Yeah. yeah. They're all good. I like skulls, though, so. I think I'd go skull, too. All right. Our last tweet coming up here, and I'm going to say a warning. 
before I read it off, just remember, I'm only reading what's on the screen. Mm. Uh, this comes from at Reachy Pants. So <laughs> this is a cheat since it's not technically a question. I'm just hacking this ass BGH to wish Ariel a happy and sexy 60th birthday. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, Rachel. <laughs> she gets me every time. <laughs> That's awesome. Zing. <laughs> Looking great it's at 60, today. Ariel. Oh, thank you. <laughs> is it today? Yeah, yeah, I turned happy 38 birthday. today. Happy <laughs> Thank birthday! You. Thank you. Wow. Yeah, happy birthday. Yes. Thank you for spending it with us. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> John, why'd you say that? We so didn't weird? bring anything. <laughs> no, it's fine. I actually forgot today was my birthday when I said I would do this. <laughs> I, <was just> like, <laughs> I feel like you get to a certain age and I just don't pay attention that closely anymore, you know? <laughs> it is, it's like a Tuesday too. I guess yeah. hopefully you've got something, you know, for the oh, yeah. weekend maybe. But, yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. Oh, happy birthday. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how are we doing there? Is that it for tweets? Thank you. All right. We did uh, in, on Instagram, John, on Tuesday, we do question Tuesday. This is where mm-hmm. I answer mm-hmm. questions. I enjoy doing it because I like hearing myself talk even in text form. So Yeah. No, I'm aware. We know. It's fun. <laughs> uh, bloody Good Horror on Instagram this week. First up, what brand and flavor of popcorn is best? Ooh. I like the cheddar popcorn. Like, but the, yeah, the kind you get in the tubs where you get the three different kinds, like. Oh, that's good. Where you get like the caramel and the cheddar and the regular one. Yeah. that's that a smart brand though? I don't know. Like the, the black bags, what is it? Smart food, smart something. Smart foods, I think. Yeah. That white cheddar one is good. Most of the time if I'm buying it, I like, I like the skinny pop is pretty good. I don't want to make it. That's my thing. So any brand that's already Uh, made is fine. Well, the correct answer here. Have you all had pop chips? Yes, yeah. those, yeah, are, those, those are, good. are pretty good too. It's really a chip, They're John. Like, though I don't know if that counts. I mean, it's well. <laughs> that's that is how I want my popcorn in pop chip form because that shit is it is it is very good. Can it hold butter though? Because when I go to the movie theater, like they're like, do you want butter? And I'm like, <laughs> do I want butter? <laughs> Man, I mean, like, can you fill the bag halfway, put butter on, <laughs> Look, and then fill it up more and put more. Butter you can, on. Yeah. you can have if you haven't tried the pop chips, you can dip them in butter. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Caitlin, did you ever moment. see that like classic double dare thing? You'd see it on YouTube where the challenge was they had to drink as much movie popcorn butter oh, as they could. Oh like they're God, like I chugging think. it. It is, I do love it. Like disturbing. it's, I fully understand. Like it's gross, but I love it. So I love it too. But it does not love me at forty seconds. That's why I was like, it's always interesting to me, like going back and watching Scream because there's such a thing made in that opening scene of the like Jiffy Pop, the little like you know pre whatever. You just it looks like a pan, and you just stick it on. Mm-hmm. Your oh, never yeah. done that I in my life, or seen it done. Like I've never. Uh, dangerous. It. I'm sure yeah. I would. But I wanted to throw in there before you go to the next question, Eric. All you guys' answers are wrong because the only correct answer is Whirly Pop. I don't know what that is. It sounds like some old people shit. It sounds like some boomer shit, Casey. No, <laughs> it's a pain with a handle that sticks out the side with a crank, and then it's got tongs that go in from the top. So you put all your popcorn stuff in, and you stand there and just crank it. Perfect popcorn every time. Huh. Cool. Popcorn stuff. I think the moral is that alongside like what's the the record player that like has the crank thing. (laughs) I think the moral is it's kind of good no matter what you do. Yeah. Um, I guess this is mostly an Eric question. Synthwave artists with horror soundtrack vibes. I need a recommendation. Um, Hi-fi. 
always hi-fi, H-Y-F-Y. You know what, Caitlin? I thought I showed Come a on, lot Caitlin. of restraint by not saying that. On, uh, That's why I'm here, I mean. <laughs> Instagram. So here's what I'm going to recommend. This is a great one for anyone who's into uh, what he's talking about here. I have absolutely no idea how to say this guy's name. I think he's Polish. It's like Wojciech Golowski. It's mm. W. If you type in to go to Spotify, type in W A J C I E C H. He is the only person. Joe just name. turned over in his grave. Uh, <laughs> what <were> you <laughs> pronouncing that? Part? <laughs> uh, anyway, this guy does actual soundtracks, and he also releases his own albums, and they're awesome. And if you're looking for that kind of vibe, it's really good. So there you go. Next up, you have to pick one: haunted forest or haunted house. So which one do you go with? I'm fine with I'm, a haunted house. I'm pretty. I'm an indoorsy type of person I am too. But <laughs> I, what I would want to go camping in a haunted forest. I am That's too, Caitlin, there. like an indoor person. But a haunted forest seems like a whole vibe that I'm pretty into. Well, now that you have the green night, like you were really into that vibe of like yeah. The sound design and all that—I think that's that might be where you there you go. Here's my thing: Are we talking I, about like something like that's like existing in real life, or is this like a haunted house that you go to visit for like a spooky good time? John, I think that's up to your interpretation. All right, yeah. <laughs> I like I, a haunted hayride. Have you guys done the haunted oh, hayride? Oh, so if I get to ride, absolutely. You know what it is, Caitlin? <laughs> I really like the outdoors, but I like to experience it from the comfort of the indoors. And here's what I mean by that: like. Say no more, you know what you. my ideal is? A restaurant where they've got shutters that just open and you're so it's open air, <laughs> but I'm inside. Like I don't want to eat Come outside. <laughs> this is my vibe. Like I'm a forest sounds amazing from a cabin with like a big glass door that has a screen because I don't like bugs. You know what I'm saying? Like this is where I'm, I do. I feel this, this is where yeah. I'm at right now. I don't want my forest ghosts and my Bigfoot hunting to intermix so let's say haunted forest but i have some type of bubble situation so i'm not actually in (laughs) um favorite halloween candy reese's pumpkins oh yeah those i mean if we're just talking any candy you might get on halloween i mean you can't go wrong with a baby snickers it's pretty good or you know snickers mini uh, why not just a full size Snickers? What's why are we? Well, I don't go. To, I don't. I don't live in rich people neighborhood, John. People aren't giving full size Snickers out. <laughs> you walked Yo, into that one. Although sometimes I just walk into the fucking drugstore and buy a full size Snickers. No, there was a fancy. There was a fan, even when it's the summer. <laughs> there is a part. There is a part of my parents' cul-de-sac that like. It's separate, of course, John, because always with these people it's with separate. money, yeah, it's yeah. separate. Is there like a wall? Uh, no, no. They're just like so. They okay. This whole neighborhood is like, you know, it's built like a subdivision. It's just all squares. Yeah. But then in these two particular places, there is a straight road that is not a square that goes off like a half mile to like a circle. And at the end of that circle, a bunch of richies with houses the size no one needs, John. But if you braved it and walked down there because it was dark because there weren't any lights or anything, if you walked all the way down there and went all the way down one of their driveways, they usually had like full-size candy bars, as they should, because <laughs> that's called giving back. John, we're <laughs> using up all our resources. <laughs> you get on your bike, you go down there first, you get back to where all the yeah. other houses are, and then you, you know, maximize yeah. your. You need to work on your strategy. No, because you walk and you just vandalize things <laughs> on the way down there. Yeah. Like, if you're on all your right. bike, I mean, you can't. Sounds scary. Okay, Candisha. <laughs> <laughs> you can't raise some hell on the way down there if you're on a bike, John. Did you have your bubble back then too? No. <laughs> when you were walking down there. No, I could I was cool with the outdoors back then, mostly. Um I do like those Reese's pumpkins. They're real good. 
Favorite moment from a horror convention that you have attended? I mean, I've only been to the ones in the ones we've gone to together. It was yeah. it was when like Andy got you know real wild. Andy and stripped down to his boxers and swam in the fountain at that uh, the golden hotel. god moment in the fountain. That yep. was up there, and then wandered the hotel in wet boxers and shoeless the rest of the night. Um, and somebody handed him back to us at one point and was like, here, he needs help. Like take him somewhere. (laughs) And then, uh, somebody was, I think it was Andy was playing freeze tag with Linda Hamilton. Yeah. Which was kind of cool. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That is cool. (laughs) One of the first ones that pop into my head, just one of my favorite (laughs) memories is when uh, the year brother D was there, who is probably good five inches taller than I am. And we watched it walk through the convention, up to that sign that was uh, hanging across the aisle right next to our table as he leaned on it and kept going over and knocked the whole thing down. <laughs> I, uh, the first night of the BGH meetup in 2019, Mary and I had a real good time. We got blowouts at the the hair place and then we got to the place and it was hot as shit and we sweated through our hair. Which one was this? Which one was this? Huh? Which one was this? This was uh, Chicago. I say that as if uh, I can delineate them. Was this the one we did at the trivia at the, um, at the, it was the first night at that restaurant. Oh, that was where we had drink. Okay. We were there. We just, we overdid it the first night. Um, (laughs) And the stair, the bathroom was at the bottom of a staircase. And when you've had a lot of cider and like, (laughs) it's difficult. Chicago was, Chicago was really cool. And then the pandemic happened. Um, not at the same time to be clear. John. We we cost it. <laughs> uh, most underrated slasher movie. I don't really believe mm. in underrated things anymore. We so. did. We had a very similar question. Yeah. Oh, I think someone asked about what was our favorite non-serial um, slasher, right? Yeah. Mm. I said uh, the town that dreaded sundown. Although that movie does have a lot of fans. That's, Casey, I'll give the same answer. Cover... Go ahead. Casey and I are going to cover Slumber Party Massacre. Or plug it up and I'm reliving how much I like that. And I had underrated it, I guess. I guess as a genre, people celebrated it, but I'm coming into it now. So <laughs> all right, John. Mm. Two question. Here's your two question <laughs> alert. Uh number one from our good friend Darcy Darko. Uh Mary F or Kill, Pinhead, Pumpkinhead, or Herbert West? <laughs> <laughs> It's a real tough one. We're talking about interspecies things happening. I don't. I don't know that we can answer that. But uh, you got to kill Pumpkinhead, right? Do you? And then marry Herbert West and fuck Pinhead. <laughs> Pin- I mean, that's some interesting sex. Pinhead sure. seems. Yeah. Go for it. Pinhead seems like a guy with a lot we know of stories. What are you going with Pumpkinhead? Come on. <laughs> we did watch Pum- uh, Pinhead trying to pick up gals at the bar at that one horror hound too. So I would say he's got to be in the F category, right? He's got the moves. <laughs> uh, last up tonight. Um, this is a great question. Um, as you've matured over the years, questionable of doing the show. That was me. How has your taste in horror movies evolved? If at all. What do you think, John? How's your taste evolved? Uh, I mean, I've definitely watched way more stuff than I would have chosen otherwise. That's true. There's a, yeah, you get, you're a little more cultured than maybe you would have been. 
exposed, I would say. <laughs> but um, I don't know that it's like advanced. Like I still like the movie. I don't know. I think I still like kind of the same movies that I would have liked otherwise. But I have appreciate. I have a broader appreciation for like a wider range of things. Is what I'll say. Anyone else? It's a boring answer. Yeah, I, I like was... some older stuff that yeah. I wouldn't have gotten into otherwise. That's good. I think I have a higher tolerance for more extreme horror than I did years ago because I've watched so much now. Interesting. And yeah, maybe mine's, a mine's bigger lessened. appreciation for art house than I did when I was younger. But that might just be getting older too. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I have less tolerance for like extreme stuff than I used to because I think I used to pride myself on being like, I can watch it, do it, do it to my face. Let's uh, see what happens. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Largely though, and I, this is how I responded to him, like I just, in a healthier way, take my genre fandom a lot less seriously. Like as a yeah. mid 20 something who started the show, I took things very seriously because like that's what happens when you don't have a lot of responsibilities and like this shit seems really big. And also like a lot of us grew up, this shit was very important to us as kids, as an escape. And so like that was a... Uh, I think just through the natural mellowing process of getting older, I've realized like, it's all, it's all good. Like I don't get mad about remakes anymore. You know, like who cares? Enjoy what you like. I'm going to say if it's bad, but I don't, I don't really get heated the way that I used to. It's why when people like old school fans are like, you should bring shenanigans back. It's just like, yeah, I'm not really that person anymore. Like I don't, I mean, I have shenanigans, (laughs) but they're not, they're mostly adult related and you don't really need to, yeah, no, <laughs> my back hurts we, today. <laughs> yeah, right. we, we definitely aren't bringing the like extreme fire. No, yeah, and like, listen to at any age to a certain extent. I think maybe it's a dude thing specifically. Um, like when you get a platform, you get real hot takey at first. I feel like it's like there's something liberating about just being like, yeah, fuck it, this is my opinion. And we also started the show at a very different time, like place and time in the world. Oh yeah, so oh, yeah. I like to think that we've matured. Me, I find I've cooled some on the kind of low-budget B-movies, the more modern ones. I still love my 80s ones and older ones, you know, coming up there, but I don't have the patience for them anymore for the modern ones. Even when we started this show, started the site and stuff, I was digging a lot of those that would come out for like a 50, you know, $500 budget and stuff and sing its praises. I don't have the patience anymore. You love Bad Ben. Don't even lie. I will tell you one opinion that has been unchanged since the first ever episode of Bloody Good Horror. And that is that I am still upset that I don't know what happened to the story after Halloween six, because then they just made H2O and they just never, they never did it, John. I don't know what happened to Paul Rudd. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know what happened to the other lady or Daniel hair. The, I don't know any of it. Daniel Harris wasn't actually in that movie, John. They could still go back and film (laughs) part seven with Paul Rudd. Can you imagine? Well, they that's true there's eric a, there's your project well i've heard people yeah. online be like man because they cast anthony michael hall <laughs> as so paul rudd in halloween six plays the grown-up version of the boy from the original halloween uh, that okay. character mm-hmm. is also in halloween kills but obviously in a different time metaverse timeline so it's anthony michael hall in the new one but people are like what if it was paul rudd that would have been amazing yeah would have been cool. Anthony Michael Hall. Paul Red's a little more expensive these days. I was going to say, a little more expensive. They (laughs) they had their Jamie Lee Curtis budget. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that is it for BGH. Uh, I don't, do we know what we're doing next week, John? Is there something coming out or? 
We need to do Nighthouse. If we if, can get yeah, it. Yeah, it's it's not streamable yet. Easy kill. Is my understanding. We'll figure it out. We got a list. We got a, <laughs> we got a short list. We're going to figure it out. Love it. Okay. Cool. Well, um, Ariel, thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you. Congratulations on being 60. <laughs> um, people can check you out. You're doing something right. Search your... <laughs> Search the internet for Zombie Girls, G-R-R-L-Z. Um, there's a whole podcasting network with a bunch of different shows. You can hear Ariel and Rachel and a bunch of other lovely people on there. Um, Caitlin, people should be checking out Plug It Up, which is a BGH Presents production. Um, that is a very wonderful podcast about coming of age in horror films of all different kinds. Um, you can check that out. And what are your other? You have twenty other podcasts, Caitlin. What's what's the other one? What's the other current one? Uh, films at first sight. Joe and I have been knocking out some episodes. Um, and I'm I'm occasionally on Thor's Hour of Thunder as well. Yeah. Um, also, shout out to the dads from the Crypt crew. They are big BGH fans, patrons who started their own podcast about Tales from the Crypt. Um, and if you've been enjoying Elizabeth on the show lately, she is making an appearance on the next episode of that. So, dads from the crypt check it out all right everyone that's gonna do it enjoy your spooky week and we'll see you back here next time talk to you soon see you bye 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 bye